Hey man, I'm Corb. Uh, you want to join us this week for a new episode of Bros Who Know? Better rock on, or a foundation on a solid rock. Um, and we're so excited to be doing this podcast with you. All right. Hey. Hey. Um, yeah. Bros Who Know. Even though where to go from that. Like, keep going. Just keep going. Like my good friend Korg said, you know, we're going to be talking about foundation and how to build a solid rock foundation on Christ. But first and foremost, I am Noah Bueno. I'm David Halleck. I'm Brendan Jones. I am Noah Van Duesberg. I'm Grayson Stan. And I'm Lynn Moreland. And I'm Greg Bueno. Here we are. The the bros who know. That's that's all right. Right. Ah, that was okay, guys. We still did that's it in right. one take. Right. Wait, look at us. We're yeah, growing one up. take, bro. It's fine. Greg, if you jinx us, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do it. It, well, we keep on chugging along. Don't live. don't acknowledge it. We're good. <laughs> we're, good we're, we're good. good. Greg, right. if you golden. jinx us again, I know where you live. We golden. All right. Yes. So first, I just want to start out with. Nice. <laughs> okay. Wait. Wait. Say say that again. You just froze. Say that again. You froze. You froze. So yeah. you said I first want to first I want to start out with just like a little definition of like what it means to build a solid foundation on Christ. So like for me when I hear that and like people saying like you need to have a steadfast and like a rock hard foundation, I think of the story of like the three little piggies and the big bad wolf and how like the first pig built his house out of hay and the big bad wolf came and blew it down and the second pig built his house out of wood big bad wolf blew it down and then the third pig which was the smartest he built his house out of rock which is very hard to take down so you do be frozen again (laughs) where's my super suit bueno is frozen Honey, this is Jeopardy. Honey, where's my super suit? What? All right. Oh, we back. So all of all of my roommates are home and they're all using the Wi-Fi, so that's why it keeps crapping out. So hopefully my hotspot does better. Tell them to get off the Wi-Fi. So far, so good. All right. Well, Dan's playing his game and he he loves Big Shirley. Anyway, where was I at? Anyone want to tell me where I was at? You definition of foundation. You were talking the three little piggy story. You just finished that. Three little pigs. So. Yeah, the first one built his house out of hay. Big Bad Wolf came and blew it down. The second one built his house out of wood. The Big Bad Wolf came and blew it down. And then third one built his house out of rock, which is a very strong foundation. And the Big, well, Big Bad Wolf was not able to blow it down just because rock is so steadfast and so sturdy that no matter how much he huffed and puffed, he wasn't able to take it down. And so for me, how I look at it is... Like if you have a very weak and very fragile relationship with Christ, then the devil is going to 
come and destroy you so much easier than if you were to build your relationship as strong as you possibly can make it. It's going to be such, it's going to be so much harder for him to, you know, draw you away from Christ and tempt you. So anybody got anything to say about that? That's facts, man. I mean, I feel like you just hit it on the nose right there. It's like, I'm thinking of like a house. And sometimes if like you, water damages sometimes cause like your foundation to crack after a long a while of time. And especially if your like foundation's really weak, it like it's ruined. It's no longer the same. Exactly. And also I feel like as a lot of people like start into Christianity or even lukewarms, they find themselves building their houses out of hay or sticks as it is in the story. In reality, we should be building it out of rock or brick, whatever it was called. And just to make that foundation, uh, foundation stronger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Our foundation needs to be something that won't change, something that's uh, hard. Like when you're digging your foundation, it needs to be down to the rock so that when the winds come, when the water starts to flood, then nothing can uproot that foundation. Exactly. I like, I like how Lane said like when the waters flood because how I look at it is the, a walk with Christ isn't always pretty. It's very timid and it's very hard. So you're not going to build a rock hard house on a beach where there's tsunamis and storms that can easily break you down. You're going to want to build your house and your relationship like, you know, somewhere safe and secure that, you know, it's not going to fall by a simple storm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's why you build, you know, build your house on the rock, not on the sand. Yeah. So before we get into the six points and the six verses that I have for foundations, I want to do a little activity that we did in my theology class. So earlier I asked all of you to have a notebook and a pen just so you can write down what you witness through this. So I'm going to explain everything to you and then we're going to go through it. So when we start, I'm going to have all of you close your eyes and just breathe and just basically use your imagine, let your imagination run rampant. So everybody good? Everybody ready? Yep. I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> all right. Close your eyes and listen to my voice and just let your imagination run. So you see me. We're in a building with a lot of rooms. I tell you to walk down the hall, and on your left, there's a room. You get to the room. Christ and God are sitting in the room. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you feel. Write that, write, write that down.
All right, so I got I got my description down. Do you want me to say it while the rest are going? Do you want us all to like read off what we say, what we uh, said? Yeah. All right, dope. So as I walk into this room, all right. So as I as I walk into this room, I see what everybody, you know, you like see these pictures of Jesus. Although we don't really know what he looks like, but like the basic picture that everyone gets, like you know, a man with a beard, long hair, you know, that's you know, the picture that people sort of have given us, made for us, but, so I see, I just see him, you know, in his, in a white, a big white robe, not a dress, a robe, with, you know, facial hair, and he's just stretching his arms out, like he's uh, about to hug me, and as I'm walking in this room, I see a big light shining behind him, and what I feel is, sorry, I feel like a like a warmness, or I feel like butterflies in my stomach, and him repeatedly just saying, "Trust in me," because I'm in the middle of this big decision right now, and all I can hear is God saying, "Just trust me. It's it's gonna be all right." I feel that. That's good. Um. Okay. I'm also done. Um. So for me, I walk into this room. And it's a classroom out of all places. I don't know why. And I see I see Jesus, like he said. And I, see, I also see him in a big white robe. I feel like that's just what a lot of us see. I feel like we see Jesus in a big white robe. And I see a glowing light behind him. And I see him trying to teach me lessons, in a sense. That's why I feel like the classroom is kind of odd. Because I feel like he's, he's our teacher. He definitely is our teacher. And I feel like he's going to teach me how to live the correct life and not listen to what the world and society is telling me. Mm. Yeah, I really like that, especially the part where he said he's our teacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm done too. I, and um, basically, uh, when you were saying that, I basically just saw like the um, the hallway, the room, like it was all just like dark and gray. And when I actually saw, just like, um, when I actually like opened my eyes just to see, God, I actually just saw him on the throne. I saw uh, Christ on uh, um, at his right hand. I saw like um, uh, the angels with like the six wings, like one covering his face, one out, um, I, forget, I, I think it's an angel that was um, uh, I actually wrote down cherubs or seraphim. Ser- seraphim, yeah. But I saw those like just like behind him, and I just see um, the rays just like beaming down. I just feel, I honestly just feel like that sense of just awe and just peace um just all around me and like it just like completely like, like just shown out all the darkness that uh, you were just walking through i feel like that might just be like a testimony on like um like life is just it's, it's just that long hallway and like once you like um find that door it just like it it just it's all inspiring and just overwhelming on how yeah that's very good i like the description in that too it just proves like how much how much and how good God is that there's just so much to put into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I like how you said it was dark up and I like how you said it was dark up until when you went into the room with Jesus. And I feel like that's just how life is. We really don't know where we are going or what we are doing <coughs> up until we find Jesus. We yeah. are definitely going down a dark hallway and it's a light in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the description that I wrote down. So what, um, when I was in the building, it just felt like any kind of normal office building or uh, surrounding that we can experience. And then as soon as I walked in through the door, I just saw two figures 
and from them light. Like, that's the only thing I could see. Nothing else in the room was of notice. It was just those two figures beaming with the light, and the light itself felt like a presence. That's very good. I just, I just think it's crazy how, like, so far all of our stuff is coming together. It's just we all, not the same description exactly, but, like, somewhat we see this giant light because, I mean, God is the light that we need mm-hmm. for um, this darkness. All right, and so for mine, um, when I was walking, when you said we were walking down the hallway, um, I, I kind of pictured myself still talking to you in a way and, like, having a little conversation and then, like, slowly backing up into the door but then turning around and being surprised and seeing all this light and a figure with his back to me at first, but then as he saw me, he turned around and welcomed me in and gave me, like, a big hug, and the whole room was, like, lit up and everything, and then there were angels, like, alongside the walls that were just singing constantly, and, yeah, I just felt a whole lot of peace and emotion all at once, and I felt like I... Fall, fell to my knees or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we isn't that just like a great feeling yeah. to think about? It doesn't even have to mean we're experiencing it right now, but just to think about it's just amazing. Just the thought of like having him right in front of you, like that that peace and that yeah, for sure. emotion Being coming over your body. Just, yeah. Absolutely. I know. I, I know that's like a very powerful feeling. I mean, like sometimes um, we think that we know what we're supposed to do with our lives but then we really don't know because God will tell us something that we never planned and it will be ten times better. And at first we may be like, uh, I thought you were trying to help me. What you're, What's going on isn't helping me at all. But then like in the future we actually see what it's doing and everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean God is all powerful. And it's like as soon as we get in his grace, we just we feel it. And we are, to be honest, we are not worthy of his grace. I mean Jesus was the one who died for all of our sins. So we are not worthy of all his grace. And so I, I love how you said you just fell to his knees because I feel like in the same scenario, I would definitely fall to my knees because he died for me. And I didn't ask him to, but I mean, he did that. And I I can't do anything but, like, thank him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we need to have, like, that childlike faith. when Like, just like how, like, a child, like, goes to his father and just, like, or well, as they were saying, just goes and, like, falls down at his knees. And we just... Um, we just need to have that mentality, just, um, like going into uh, just everything that he has for us. Yeah, for Even sure. going into church on Sunday, I mean, I, I know it's like expected that we just, oh, it's it's another Sunday, we're going to go to church, but we need to go to church every single day, like we're going to learn something new from the Cause sermon, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Because the church isn't, it's not a building. Right. Yeah. Um, Greg, did you have something? Uh, yeah. Uh, so walking down the hallway i feel like i'm walking into like like my parents room almost um to have like a heart-to-heart meeting uh, <clears throat> and then like i was i felt like i was like full of like this overwhelming joy and like this like uncontrollable sorrow and sadness and brokenness um kind of like that the passage of scripture in isaiah um so yeah that's kind of where i'm at You know, um, when we did this experiment in my class, uh, my my professor she had a lot of wisdom and like she ha- she could tell like meaning behind each everybody's everybody's I guess 
interpretation of what they saw. And there was people who, you know, like the majority of you guys, I saw like an image of Christ. And then there was people who just saw like visual representations of what we associate Christ with. And then for me, when I saw it and when I did this, I did something, I saw something that, you know, my professor, she had never seen before and just like is, it was just kind of unique to me and my personality. I, I, I'm going to assume. So when I walked down, I walked down the hall and into the room, I saw a fire and then I saw a rainbow above it and how, like when I was, you know, explaining it to my professor, I was, she was like, you know, that, that could very well represent the presence and the promise of God mm-hmm. because the presence being like a burning bush and knowing that Christ is there, like he showed um, Moses and like that overwhelming sense of like, you're here in a very real, in a very powerful way. And then the rainbow represents like God's promise to never destroy the earth like he did with the flood and Noah. And it's just like, she, she was like, you could very well write a very cool, um, you know, sermon about that. And just like the promises and the presence of God and how they correlate. And so for me, it was just like, it was really cool hearing, you know, not only all of y'all's, but everybody in my class, like they're different representations of what they associate with Christ and something that you know for me I want to ask anybody who like saw an image of Christ like like Noah said we don't know what Christ looks like but compared to where we are at now in like modern times was it I'm going to ask you guys a question and you answer it so was it a white male with blue eyes and long dark hair if I'm going to be honest, no. So, I've always, based off what I've always heard, now, I don't know, yet again, I don't know if this is true or not. This could very well be true. This could very well be not. From what I've heard, um, I've, that's one written down. We have an um tally for him. He says um way too much. <laughs> so, if you see me just like hitting him or something or him writing in his journal, that's for his um tally. Yeah, so for me, this is going to be really weird. For some reason, I don't think of skin tone that much, only because I don't see a white male. I see, now, I don't know where the beard comes in, but for some reason, I just see, I see like a figure. I see it as if it's like a faceless man. Like a faceless man, yeah. So I honestly, I don't see color with it. I've always been told and heard off of. I don't know if it's a credible source off that he's Middle Eastern, but I don't I don't put a, I don't put a race to that mm-hmm. honestly. I don't put any skin color to that because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's just in the eyes. I mean, as I as Greg said, it's a faceless figure that I see. Yeah, there there have been very there are very few accounts of people in the world, um, in the world as a global thing is like who have talked about the face of Christ. Um, there's a story of a kid who like basically died and like came back and was able to give like a full like a full description of who he saw and what he saw. Um, Are you talking about heaven is for real, Greg? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, but 
I think there there has to be a sense of mystery and wonder um, when we talk about who Christ is and what he is and what he looks like. I don't think we're meant to know. Now, from a logistical, like, earthly sense, you know, he grew up in Jerusalem, right, which is in the Middle East. So we're not going to be talking about a, a white guy. We're going to be talking about a real probably – Middle Eastern guy, if not super dark and tan, like in that 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 time period, like long hair, you know, robe, like that stuff was was very common and was uh, was what life was for them. Yeah, and I think that's where we kind of get that base picture yeah. of him from. And so, like, we have, I think we have to, like, we have to do the Bible, we have to get the Bible credit. I mean, if that's the if that's what it looked like, that's who he was, and we've got to go for it. Um, so, Greg. <laughs> yeah, oh, it almost reminds me of like when you say like the faceless creature. Like, um, I, th- I think it was Moses, or I think it may have been Aaron, uh, when they went into the tabernacle and like the highest, um, the holy of holies, and like they came out and they had to put the veil over his face just because yeah, like yeah, his yeah, face yeah, was yeah. just like yeah, glowing and it's like. That almost like, well, we all said like the light was just like flowing and that's like almost like, yeah, what my mind goes to. Yeah. And I think plenty of times we try to think of who Jesus or what Jesus looked like 2000 years ago. But I think the most important image that we could think of him as. So does anyone remember the story of the transfiguration? Yes. Isn't that when they go up on the hill? and? Yep. It talks about Jesus coming into his full glory Mm -hmm. and revealing that to Peter, John, and I can't remember who the third disciple was. But basically, I I think that's going to be the image that we're going to see of Christ on the second coming when he's transfigured. So Mm -hmm. me, whenever, Yeah. yeah, whenever I see an image of Christ, I just see the glowing man in full white robes. I don't think he's white, Caucasian, but I think he'll definitely be glowing with the presence of God. The color of purity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Isn't it funny how, like, now we can't see Christ, but if we go to heaven, um, he's going to be, like, our next-door neighbor, and we're just going to see him all the time. (laughs) Just be like, hey, what's up? Be like, how's it going? You know, something, the reason why I asked that question about what you saw about Christ is, like, a lot of American Christians nowadays, when they think of Jesus, they think of a Caucasian male with blue eyes and long hair. And that, like, that's not necessarily wrong to think like that, but it's not accurate and it's not correct because we have, like, like we talked about with our um, progressive Christianity episode, it is just how our mindset has been so switched of what Christ actually was compared to how people nowadays think of Christ, especially in the American church and how like, oh, you know, Christ would, you know, be gay. Christ would have piercings. Christ would have tattoos. And so that that was the main reason why I asked that question, just to like get and pick at y'all's brain about what you think, you know, Christ look look like and so for y'all to say like a faceless creature and a faceless man like that is you know, it's actually like pretty good compared to you know what 
as a representation of Jesus Christ. Also, just so everybody knows, I don't know if you follow our Instagram. If not, then you didn't hear about this. But if you did, I just wanted to remind you that starting, I would say, last Sunday, we started a YouTube little mini series called The Uncomfortable Conversation, basically taking Black History Month with our two, you know, Black brothers in this podcast and then some other, you know, of my Black friends and how being Black in a majority white community has, you know, affected them and affected their lives and just, you know, get to know them a little bit and get to know their hearts. And so that's something that I personally believe in, you know, with social inequality and that God calls us to love each other equal, no matter skin, race, um, ethnicity, no matter what. So that's just something that we wanted to remind you of to go look at that on our YouTube channel, Bros Who Know. And you know, join us on that uncomfortable journey. And we are back. Okay, so what do you got on foundation? Starting with foundations. Yes. A lot of people, when they think of having a relationship with Christ, they tend to overcomplicate it. And to be completely honest, having a relationship with Christ it takes more effort than having a relationship with just a regular friend, but it is not that complex and it is not that, you know, hard to do. So I did some research and I've, you know, been praying about this. And so I have six points with six different verses that we want to cover today. And so first and foremost, a relationship with Christ, you want to use the KISS system. And it's not, you know, giving someone a kiss. It's the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I was like, I, on the other side of this, I'm like, KISS system? Okay, I've been alive almost 27 years. I've never, not one time, heard of this when it comes to following simple, Jesus. Hey, no, I mean, Keep it's, it simple, stupid. it's good. I mean, when yeah. he said that, I mean, it, I'm tying it into the Ju- to Judas. And him kissing Jesus on the cheek. Yeah. I don't think he kept it simple, though. I don't think that was simple. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, let's think about it. Ju- was Judas stupid, was the, in, in all sense, he was the stupid because he was yeah. the one who oh, ratted that's out fair. Jesus. That's so, I mean, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, this No shade, Judas. <laughs> oh, he's dead, so. <laughs> R.I.P. Dark. <laughs> like I said, a relationship with Christ does not need to be over complex, but it does. It is hard work with any relationship. You need to work at it. You need to give effort. So for this first point, it is, you know, take the time to touch base with God. Give thanks for what he has done for you. Give thanks for letting you wake up that day and just give praise and be able to, you know, be better than what you were yesterday. And so we have a verse David's going to read Ezra 3.11. All right. Uh, it says, uh, with praise and thanksgiving, they sing to the Lord. He is good. His love toward, it, toward uh, Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. I think that's great because even the, the smallest of things, waking up in the morning, being able, I mean, being able to have all this, stuff that we have to make this podcast possible. I just 
we got to give thanks for it because how else would we be spreading the word of God if we didn't have all this mm-hmm. provided by God? I mean, that's facts. It's very true. And I'm going to touch on this um, a few points down, but basically like praying no matter what and giving thanks is such a significant aspect of your Christian walk and your Christian faith. Like you don't have to pray to ask God for a favor. You can literally just say, Hey God, thank you for waking me up. Thank you for giving me breath. Thank you for, you know, letting me drive home safe or is just simple stuff like that. And so for the, for this next point, if nobody has anything else to say. I mean, I think you hit it well because I mean, tomorrow is definitely not promised. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people take that for granted. Tomorrow is not promised at all. So like, I mean, one of us, I'm not saying like trying to jinx us, but one, uh, one of us could like die on our way home today. And we wouldn't know it as of right Knock now. Wood. You and Lane, you and Lane have to drive back to Columbus today. Like, let's not explore the possibility. <laughs> no, but I think there, there, ha- again, man, I think there has to be a sense of wonder um, to the fact of like he is so good, but yet we don't. There, we we wonder if we're gonna wake up in the morning. Like, if we don't live our lives in a sense of being like a hundred percent grateful for the fact that we don't know if we're going to wake up in the morning then i think i think we as christians lose the like lose the ability to talk about how good he is because he's so good that he woke me up mm-hmm. like he's so good that no matter what like there there's so many other people in the world and there are people in the world like who didn't wake up the next morning and he was so good and kind to me and in in the season of life that i'm in that he woke me up and I think if our foundation isn't rooted in that and in, in recognizing, like, that we don't deserve that from him, like, then I think we've missed the mark. Yeah, for because sure. let's be honest, none of us, if we're talking about the sin that we've caused in our lives and the hurt, without the grace of God, none of us deserve to, deserve to wake up. Oh, absolutely oh, not. Definitely not. Just because I know for me, like all the sin and mistakes that I've made are enough for me to, you know, not feel worthy in the presence of Christ. And so to, you know, like Gregory said, not have that promise of tomorrow, but giving thanks for, you know, every day that you are alive, no matter what mistakes or sins that you have made, like God isn't finished with you, no matter your mistakes. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to this next point. Um, it's invite him closer, invite him to come closer. So invite him to your table, invite him to be the passenger seat of your car, invite him to just be with you no matter what stage or aspect of your life, no matter if you're at the top of the world or if you're feeling the weight of the entire world on your shoulders, invite God to be with you to endure presence and so for this we have isaiah 50 44 and 7 okay that's me um the sovereign the sovereign lord has given me well instructed tongue to know that the word that sustains the weary he awakens me morning by morning wakens my ear to listen to like one being instructed the sovereign lord has opened my ears i have not been rebellious i have not turned away i have offered my back to those who beat me 
my cheeks to those who pull aught my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking or spitting, because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced, therefore I have set my face like flame, and I know how I'll be put to shame. That is really good. I mean, he's he's going to be there for you no matter what. Is is what kind of what I'm getting from that. Like yeah. no matter what or who puts you down in this world, he's he's always there for you. Right. Whenever you need it. And it's not even it's not even the fact of inviting Christ and God to be with you because that is yes, a very important aspect. But if you reread that verse, it talks about your enemies and the people who have done wrong to you. To sit to invite them to your table, to sit with them and God is so significant because like you are not going to, you know, beat the, beat the mess out of someone who's done you wrong. You are going to want to sit with them and enjoy their presence along with God's presence. I don't think you should beat the mess out of people. I mean, if, if I'm being Not physically, all, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think you should pray the mess out of people. Um, yeah. I think if we're being like, I think that's where we've got to like, we've got to define what we talk about and how we look at Christianity, but more importantly, Jesus. Yeah. And so honestly, sort of what I got from him saying, beat the mess out of people when you're getting like prayed for or even called out like spiritually, you know, it beats you up. I think that's kind of what he means by that. Maybe not, and it could have probably been more different. I don't know. I'm just yeah. It there. might be. That's fair. Yeah. Moving right along. <laughs> All right. On to the next so, point. Wait, actually, before you move on, hold on, hold on. Brennan had something. So, I was looking at my phone for a second there. I was trying to find this video, but I've seen this all over TikTok. It was talking about how. I forget what the first part is, but the second part is you need Jesus to go to Walmart. And what they're trying to say is that you cannot go anywhere without Jesus because the devil throws so much stuff at you that he can literally attack you. I mean, the devil knows our weaknesses more than we probably know our own weaknesses. And he and G- we need Jesus as our shield. We need Jesus to protect us from what the devil is throwing at us because, I mean, the devil is stronger than us, but we need God to beat the devil or we need we need god's power to overcome the devil real quick this this just made me reminded of something so i remember you talking about if the devil's not trying to tempt you or anything that means he's not scared of what you can do so the devil trying his best to do whatever he can on me is like the biggest honor i could possibly have just for the fact that the more you get closer to god the more you live for him the devil he starts getting just so scared he starts mm-hmm throwing his best weapons at you that's where all this you know social media pornography all these temptations that's where this starts just getting thrown at you because once you start living closer for god or for jesus you know he just gets so scared that he's going to use his most heavy artillery on you okay okay story time story time before we move on that just reminded me of something see we're just reminding each other of something um so i don't know if i'm telling this to the audience but about three weeks to a month ago, I deleted social media. And this past Friday, I got it back. I got Instagram back for five minutes just to see if I like missed anything. I did miss something, but that's besides the point. And while it was on there, I was starting to worry again. And I was just worrying about stuff that like 
I really didn't need to worry about. I realized when I had social media such as like Instagram and Snapchat, I was causing myself so much pain. And I've heard that you, if you put yourself in certain scenarios, you fight battles that God never wanted you put. That God never wanted you to fight. And that's I was fighting so many battles that God never wanted me to fight because he kept telling me to delete social media. And I finally did it. And I literally feel at peace now. And I feel so much light. I feel like a weight is off my chest because I was worrying about so much stuff. Even in those five minutes, I was worrying about so much stuff. So I'm glad that like I see what I did in the past and I know how to fix it in the future. Absolutely. That's really That's good. good. Alright, Bunny, you want to bring us to the next point? So this next point is long pause. You're a frozen big dog. Lagged out again. Talking. And he's still frozen. Hey, you're still frozen. Okay, hold on. Bueno. Restart all of that. (laughs) Restart from from the point you were doing. Okay, um, restart from... Just restart the point. Okay, so can y'all hear me? Yeah, we got you. now. Oh, nope. Just kidding. It's gone again. Technical difficulties. So this next point is, I can I can literally hear y'all. Okay, it, I think it fixed now. Okay. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. This next point is talking and praying. So basically, like talking to Christ, you should basically talk like you're talking to a friend because that's what God, that's what God in Christ is to us, that he is our friend. So basically you shouldn't have to come to him using this fancy dialogue or, you know, asking him for such and such. Literally, it doesn't matter how you pray or when the circumstances is. If you were to just come to God and say, Hey God, like I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Like you see, you see my heart, like, just talk to him like you're having a conversation with your friend. Like we can sit a seven in a room together and have a conversation. That's how you need to talk to Christ. And that's what I think new believers struggle with is because they think that they can't have a regular conversation and they need to come to Christ with a big, big, long, fancy prayer. When in all actuality, it's so simple talking to Christ. So we have Psalms. 145, 18, and 19. 18 and 19. Yep, I got you on that one. All right, so Psalms 145, 18, and 19. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. So I don't know about anyone else. When I pray, it's not, you know, it's not very formal. It's not, dear God, and it's not this whole, like, speech it's i'm just talking because mm-hmm. i know somebody's listening to me and I, you also i i take time to quiet down and i just try to listen and i think that's the most important thing is prayer is not always as we said it before it's not always just like requests or it's not always just as giving things which it should involve those as well but for me i just i like to just talk as if i'm talking to 
you know, David, Brendan, Lane, Grayson, Noah, or Greg. I just, I rant. I go on my little spiel. I give thanks. I ask for blah, blah, blah. And then it's God's turn to talk, and then I listen, and I respond. It's just back and forth. It's really nice. One thing I want to say, and I know this is, I struggle with this, but sometimes I don't really go deep into what I'm praying about. Sometimes it'll just hit like the surface and I won't hit the foundation of what I'm praying about. Mm-hmm. I was trying to trying to throw a little foundation pun. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I got a sorry laugh. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so uh, I have to remember that God, no, he knows what we're going through, but he wants us to actually share to him. I mean, he already knows what we're going through. So why are we so afraid to share and show him our anger and our emotions and our pain? I mean, God created our emotions, so mm-hmm. he knows exactly what we're feeling. Noah, you actually, what you were talking about listening brought us into our next point because you can't have a conversation without listening to the other party. And so with any conversation, especially with Christ, you need to be able to sit back and listen for that soft, still voice to answer, whether it's answering your prayers or literally just guiding you to do something. You need to be able to sit and listen. So for this, we have Luke 11, verse 28. I got you for that one. Uh, And we start off with, he replied, and this this is Jesus talking, I'm assuming. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. I mean, we're blessed to know him. Right. That's It kind of just boils down to the simpleness of that. We are blessed to know God, that he knows us, and that we're able to talk to him. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I'm actually going to switch points five and six. I'm going to flip them. So, Gregor, your verse is going to be up next, and Lane, right, you're going to be last. Because that verse... Um, Luke eleven twenty eight talks about, you know, hearing this, hearing the voice of God and like doing something with it. And so for this next point, you need to be able to take action when you hear God's voice. And if you feel God guiding you or telling you something, you need to take immediate action into whatever he is guiding you to do and not just sit back and wallow in the fact of like, oh, I'm not good enough. God's got the wrong person. You know, if we're talking about like someone not feeling worthy, we can go back to Moses when God showed up to him and told him to free his free his slaves from the rule of Egypt. And Moses felt so, you know, insignificant. You know, he had a stutter. He had a lisp. You know, he couldn't talk. So for God to pick the least of these to do the mightiest things for me, that's like it just goes back to the realization of no matter what you've done in your life, God can still use you to do so many great things for the kingdom of God. And so we have the longest verse um, of this episode. It is James two fourteen through 19. Yeah, man. Um, it says, what good is it? My brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or dairy, uh, daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, 
if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Mm -hmm. So, you know, reading that and, you know, thinking back on this point, it, my mind comes across the quote of, of God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So going back to Moses, when he eventually went to Pharaoh to free the slaves from Egypt, God basically gave Moses everything he needed to do what God had called him to do. So you might feel unworthy and insignificant, but all in God's timing, he is going to give you every aspect that you need to pull off whatever God has calling has called you to do. So for this last point, you need to make contact throughout the day. Um, prayer isn't just whenever you're about to eat, you bless the food or whenever you're at church and the pastor says, you know, bow your head and pray with me. You know, prayer is a consistent conversation with God in the morning when you wake up at night, when you go to sleep, walking to class, walking to your car in and out of work, you know, no, no matter where you at, just throw up a quick prayer to God say, Hey God, thank you for this and that. Thank you for, you know, blessing me with food, blessing me with a house, you know, just something quick. It doesn't always have to be intense and extensive, but just a quick prayer, giving thanks to who blessed you with all that you, all that you have. And so for this last verse, we have Lane with Ephesians six eighteen. All right, so it says, pray in the spirit at all times, and on every occasion, stay alert and be present. And prayers for all believers everywhere. So basically, anybody, does anyone have anything they'd like to add before, you know, we close this out? Uh, I was going to talk about how there's been times where, like, I'm just going on a walk in the Metro Park or something. And, like, I'm looking around and I just see, like, all the nature and the beauty and everything. And I just take a moment and I, like, I let it, uh, I don't know, like, sink, swift, in. Yeah, sink into me. And I just sit there and I, like, I'm in God's presence, I feel like. And I just, I start to pray or something. And that's something you guys can do or whoever's listening to this. You don't have to. You don't have to do it on your bedside every night before you go to bed. Well, if even if you do do that, you can keep practicing it. But I'm just saying, like, even the simplest stuff, God still appreciates it. No, bro, I try to do that exact same thing, but I can't right now because of the weather. But I mean, <laughs> once in the spring, I'm going to try to do that at least once a week. Just go hiking and just, like, spend time in his presence. Not going to lie, I may have went out yesterday in the cold in shorts and just walked around and took photos. But then again, <laughs> I'm crazy and... Yeah. Well, that's what's <laughs> good is your way of worshiping is, f I mean, photography. So. Yeah. Dude, you're capturing God's creation all over. And, and it was sunny. It was very sunny. It was yeah. very nice. And, like, dude, the mix of sun and snow just kind of. Oh, but, I mean, listening. God God wants to hear you. He wants to hear you whenever you have fit. Because, I, I mean, I pray in the morning when I wake up, when I go to bed, I pray in the shower. I even pray at work sometimes. I'm, I work at a pizza place, so when I'm preparing the dough <laughs> when i'm making the dough i'm like 
hey, God, this is our time. This is our couple hours that we got together. Oh, which no. really, which really all the time should be our time together. But the fact, he wants you. He created you. And yeah. so he just expects, you know, a little, there's a lot that we should give in return. Mm-hmm. A lot more than we're capable of. <coughs> but what we are capable of is talking to him and even listening. Because listening can sometimes be a lot more important than actually talking. You know, and it, it's just, yeah, that's all I really got. Yeah, if you pray to God and don't listen, then you don't really grasp the aspect of it because he's going to instruct you to do something that he wants along his path or along your path to get you to that blessing he's calling you for. And if we're honest, like nine times out of ten, like it's in like super soft, small whispers. Um, sometimes it's a, g- a gentle nudge. Um, he, he's not like I've been a believer pretty much all my life and I, I, I can honestly, honestly say I don't think I've ever audibly heard the Lord come in like this like like wouldn't like Moses probably did with the burning rock like uh, I like tell them I am who I am like the I am sends you like I've never I've never audibly heard the Lord say that but I have felt like that like that that nudge in my heart or like I felt like him whispering in my ear like hey go and do this mm-hmm. um and I think that if we're not, if we don't quiet our hearts and if we don't quiet our hearts to the surroundings and the chaos and the crazy life that we can live, like we can miss those still small moments where he just whispers and says, I love you or, hey, you're strong and like you're strong, like I'm strong in you when you're weak or, hey, go pray with that person or, hey, everything's going to be okay. I've never failed. Like right now, my biggest thing I think like in twenty twenty one is like being reminded of how good, like how faithful he's been. Like I feel like most, like most, da- most of the day, like time, like almost daily, like I'm hearing him just whisper, "I'm still faithful." Like I was faithful when, when, when everything was going to chaos and everything was crazy, and like you were stuck in addiction. I was faithful then. Like if if we don't quiet our hearts, if I don't quiet my heart and I don't listen, like I can miss him telling me how, like. Hey, I'm still faithful. I'm still here, yeah, exactly. uh, and I think that like if we don't, if we don't have that foundation of prayer, if we don't have that foundation of a relationship in Him, we'll we'll miss the mark every single time. It's just a conversation, and don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Okay. So, oh wait, do you got another point? No, I was I was just gonna say like that's one of my. You know, my favorite things about living in Tennessee is going back to what Grayson said, the nature. And, you know, anybody who's ever been on Lee's campus knows, like, how close you are to the mountains. And it's literally a 30-minute drive where it's you and some animals in rushing water. And that's it. There's no cars. There's no houses. It's just you in silence. And so, for me, that is one of, like, like Gregory said, I've never, I've, I've been a believer pretty much all my life and I've never heard, like Gregory said, like I never heard God in a loud boom, booming voice. I've always heard a soft, still voice. And it is in, I remember one time um, when I was, when I was here at campus here at Lee, I just went for a drive and I was just walking in, you know, the woods and it was just me, some birds, some crickets, and just a soft, still voice. And it is in times like that when there's nothing else around besides you just listening 
to nature and praising nature for what you know God has made it to be when God is going to talk to you in that still voice and you know guide you on you know just life and where you're supposed to go from there awesome okay this is spontaneous uh i want to ask you guys a question okay so i was talking to and we're going to make our response about two minutes minutes each because we don't want to go too long into this um i was talking with brendan lane and david the other day we were on a call and we were just discussing this whole foundation thing and somebody mentioned i forgot who it was i think it was lane or brendan about foundation you know concrete how you have to mix a bunch of stuff together so you got like the water you got like the gravel rock whatever it is okay so with with all those different things you know what when i think of that you have sin like temptations that i go through and all this stuff that i've gone through it brings me closer to god all that comes together and it makes honestly not in a good way, but in a sense where, okay, I've had this temptation. Okay, I've committed this sin. I'm going to pray to God and just make our relationship stronger. So that's like the water. That's the rocks. That creates the that creates our foundation. So I want to ask you guys each, what is the water? What's the rocks for your guys' foundation with Jesus Christ? So, um, Lane, you want to start us off? So to elaborate on what I said. Um, that's another towards the count. Anyway, to elaborate on what I said, I was thinking of the fact that you can have a solid foundation with with concrete or cement. So, with that being made, cement, sand, gravel, and you want to mix it up with water. So, all those things is what makes your foundation with concrete. So. What type of aspects makes your foundation with Jesus Christ even stronger? From so for like me, what is your foundation built upon? Mm-hmm. Exactly, that's a good way to put it. So, so here's what I'm saying. I have sinned a lot, obviously, and there are certain sins that I do that I just I have to come to God and I have to pray to Him, and in the sense that makes me stronger and closer to Him. So, are there is there anything that you guys have? Related to that, can you or are there moments? Can you say? Can you like say yours first? Like go deeper into yours. I kind of yeah, get it, but I, I just you. like one like a. So. So okay. Last year, I'm just gonna be open about this. I failed my EMT course. Okay, this year I'm taking it again. I'm trusting in him right now. Okay, um, a lot of it is just built on trust. That's what my foundation is built off of. Oh, we're talking about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes I'm better sorry. sense. Now. I I just confused the mess out of everybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was very you, spontaneous and not thought out. Yeah, but you you, you I think it's The Bible says we uh, every man has to at some point be able to give an account for the goodness of and the the good things of what God's done in their life and of course it's a paraphrase the GAB version. But like okay, so like my my foundation, like my faith is built upon literal like you said trust, but like also, like, it's built upon the idea of, like, I've seen him move, and I know that he'll move again. It sounds arrogant to say, but, like, I've, I have. I've seen him move in my life in so many different ways, and, like, I, I should have died from alcohol poisoning or drug addiction or, like, 
and and and, and like suicides. Like I, I should have, but I'm here and like like I I know that there's a plan and a purpose, and so like I have a I have a faith and a trust that he's not done, mm-hmm. and so like that's what you what you use as the quote of like your concrete mix. Like that's what it is. It's a it's a mix of faith and trust. So yeah, so, so yeah, exactly. So any experiences that you want to share or okay. anything? So this is for me. Um, y'all, if y'all listen to the podcast, y'all have heard me talk about a certain aspect, few on a few occasions. But <sighs> start with an S, by the way. Ah, uh, yeah, I am a. Should I should I say the word or y'all want to say it? Simp. You guys know that one Phineas and Ferb song? It's uh, it's yeah, yeah, squirrels in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I'm a simp, and but what I've had to realize, especially during 2020, 2020 and 2021, is that if God doesn't tell me to move on or move towards a relationship with a girl, then I'm not going to. That's one of the reasons why I chose my word of the year, wait, and because. I used to just not wait on girls, and as some of my friends would call it, I'll pull a Brendan. I'll just straight up tell the girl how I felt. I've done that on a few occasions, and I'm just not gonna do that anymore. And I'm I'm just gonna start waiting. If he tells me, hey, try to go for this girl or something like that, I'm gonna try that. I mean, going back to what I said earlier about me deleting social media, I had a DM with my TikTok crush that I completely forgot about, and he told me not to pursue her anymore. So I'm like. Hey, I'm not gonna do it. So I mean, I'm just waiting on what the Lord tells me to do with him, and I'm trusting him and his plan for me. Mm-hmm. All right, so I got a story, but um, it was I think my freshman year of college. I came home for the weekend, and I was leaving to go back Monday morning, and I turned into an intersection and got hit on my passenger side and completely totaled my car. I mean, like, I spun around in a circle, and there was no damage to me at all. And every time I look back at that, or, like, even the day where we dropped off my damaged car um, to the, wherever it goes, I don't know, to the car lot. The car pound? Yeah. <laughs> um, I look back, and I'm like, wow, I really survived that. Like, God has an actual plan for me, and that itself alone makes me trust him even more i mean like i even had a little cross like on my keychain and after the car accident it was right there like in my seat because it apparently fell off the keychain but still like the little things they popped out to me and that just makes me want to trust in him even more Mm -hmm. so i feel like my foundation is built more on trust and like a strong relationship with him through things I've seen and things I've gone through to show that he's still there for me. That's very, that's, that's very good. I'm glad you guys are kind of picking up on what I was trying to say, even though it was confusing. <laughs> David, do you have anything to say? Uh, I mean, somewhat of what um, my foundation might be on. I, I mean, I don't really know for sure, but it might be like um, being put in dis... Like, my word was like, uh, see, discomfort, but like putting... Being put in discomfort like uncomfortable situations and being able to persevere like persevere through that and having patience and uh, to trust trust uh trust god and like just to keep going on through that because um y- y'all know my story and all that and it just like being in those situations it was just like 
um, just something that really grounded my faith and grounded who I am and where I stand and my views today. So, very good. Um, so personally, for me, whenever I look through Scripture, the only thing that I feel like I can build my foundation upon is Scripture itself. Even in Matthew seven, uh, it talks about how a wise man builds his or um, when a trying to remember without actually bringing it up but it, it's when Jesus is talking about the wise man who builds his house upon the rock uh, uh, or who digs deep and builds his house upon the rock um, and he related that to when you listen to the word of God this right here I mean we've we've got the word of God um, the Bible so the scripture is the only reliable foundation that we can build our lives upon um, and for me, I know I, I've tried to find my foundation or my rock in other things in this world. Um, everything else has failed me. My opinions, my feelings change, but um, the Word of God is the only thing that has never changed. Mm. That's really good. I like that. All right, Bueno. Um. For me, I guess I kind of build my foundation off my failures because, you know, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, you know, a few of you, well, everybody in that room knows my story and, you know, like where I come from and like the mistakes that I've made. And so like, you know, failing not only you know Christ, but feeling myself and just like the expectations I had for myself, it makes me feel like un- it makes me feel unworthy of God's love, and it makes me feel like I will always fall short of the glory of God simply for the mistakes that I've made. But you know, growing up, you know, the past few years and just maturing especially this past year, you know, just watching my mindset change about like, yes, I've done a lot of stupid stuff that I completely regret. And if I could go back, I would change them, but I can't. And it's just like, that's how my story was written. And that is how, you know, eventually I'm going to use my story to touch, you know, the lives of many because I believe that is God's, you know, calling on my life to, you know, reach as many people as I can using the story that I have written for myself, because there was a point in time where I wasn't letting God write my story. I was doing it by myself and I was writing, you know, I was doing it how I wanted to do it. And so number one thing that I learned from that is you can't do that because you're always going to feel like crap for the mistakes that you put on yourself. And so I guess to tie all of this back in, you know, my failures made me the man that I am today. And I know that I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still going to fall short of the glory of God, but God is going to forgive me seven times 70 and throw my mistakes as far as the East is from the West. And he's still going to wrap me up with open arms and he's still going to show me his love and his, you know, mercy 
through me, even though myself, I feel so undeserving and unworthy of it. Awesome. That's, that's good. That's, I feel like that's a good way to end it. Yeah, for sure. Greg, did you want to add anything else onto it or? No, man, I think it's a good way to end it. All right. 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 Pray it out. All right, I'll pray it out. I'll wrap this up. All right. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us finally, after a few months of, you know, doing this, to be able to sit down and um, endure this conversation together and, you know, pick at everyone's hearts and everyone's minds, God, and just sit back and reminisce on how you're still continuing to work in us and how you already have. God, right now, I just pray protection over Brendan and Grayson or Brendan and Lane as they go back to Columbus tonight. God, I pray for everyone um, to be safe and to continue and to start possibly, you know, praying to you as many times as they can, God, just giving thanks for the little things because those little things add up to one giant thing and those make us who we are, God, and those are what we build our relationship off of. Um, God, right now, I just pray that any believer, anybody who's been a believer for a long time, but still has, you know, that foundation of straw or sticks, God, will continue to build that foundation of stone and not let the devil be so easy to tempt them and to make them fall short from you, God. I pray right now protection and safety and good health over everybody, God. I pray peace and blessings over us, God. In your precious and holy name, I pray. Amen. 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 So there's seven of us instead of six. I I was figuring we could say the instead of just bros. That's seven words. So just the so just add the before. So Boino, if you want to start out with the, it's gonna go Boino, Greg, David, Brendan, me, Grayson, Lane. So the bros who know and love God. Got it. All right, let's do this. Not we're. It's the. I was throwing shade. <laughs> a little shade. If anybody gets it. Okay. <laughs> the bros who know and love God. Clap.